to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. And we are two of the six founding members of DSO Connect, a group committed to helping dance studio owners build successful businesses and live balanced lives. Yes, that's who we are. That's what we do. (laughs) So what are we talking about today, Casey? Well, uh, I don't really know, Robin. Because because it's my topic. It's Robin's topic. All right, so we're going to talk about getting a hold of your studio's cash flow with Profit First Principles. Okay, Robin, what the hell is Profit First Principles? I know, right? So Mike Michalowicz wrote a book called Profit First. I highly recommend it. I just want to start off by saying that these ideas are not my original ideas. Uh, Mike Michalowicz wrote, wrote this amazing book, I listened to the audiobook because my attention span is too short for reading. <laughs> he also has a podcast that you could listen to. And this concept really made a difference for me. I tend to struggle with numbers. Math mm-hmm. is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes numbers just kind of like blur in front of me. So I'm very visual and I need to see things kind of in a certain big picture kind of imagery way right and this philosophy kind of turned everything around for me wow so i know that some of our other dso connect gals are into this as well and so i thought maybe we should talk about it on the podcast absolutely if it's helped you and your business then i want to know about it all right and it's also the kind of thing that you can take the concept and tweak it a little bit for yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Mike feels about that. <laughs> I think he, he, um, he'll he say that there are certain things you really need to follow by the book. But I think like with any business book that we read as entrepreneurs, we kind of take what sounds... Yeah, take what applies to mm-hmm. you and make it applicable to your business. Exactly. So let's just go for it. Now, All right, tell me about this. I know. Casey knows nothing about Profit First. I mean, I know... Like the very, very basic. I know the idea is splitting up your money into categories of expenses, right? Yeah, but that's not. That's not. That, that's even not. It, it, it that's is not it, the whole thing. It is it. But <laughs> let me let me start from the beginning. Tell us about it. So it really is remarkable how many studio owners we have talked to who haven't yet mastered their cash flow, and are in a constant state of dire emergency oh, when it I've, comes to their bank accounts. I've been there. Yeah, I have been too. <laughs> Uh, because our business is seasonal, this pattern can seem even more desperate in the summer months. Yes, it can. And then when money flows in September, we're playing catch up rather than saving for the future. Mm-hmm. So we find ourselves in this constant like um, hamster wheel of yeah. trying to catch up. Well, and it's exhausting. It and is exhausting. really stressful. Yeah, and I know that when I was a young studio owner, there were many months that my husband's paycheck paid my teachers wow and he didn't know it at the time he knows it now and he's kind of proud of that like yeah i was in for for the long haul i was all in but um that's a lot of young studio owners i think have been faced with those moments of i don't know how i'm going to make it through this month i don't know how i'm going to pay my people um i'm not taking any profit out of my studio is this even worth continuing this business right and it breaks my heart because i know and you know casey Mm -hmm. the joy that we get from our businesses and if we can master the money then we can continue to do what brings us joy in our heart absolutely so we don't have to be be 
using some of our mental load constantly stressed out about money. Exactly. Yeah. It really frees you up. I love to do your job. Yeah. So just because you don't have a degree in finance or business does not mean that you can't become more sophisticated and confident when it comes to managing the financial side of your business. And I know a lot of people don't like to think about or look at or talk about money, but you're a business owner. You have to. You You just have to get comfortable with this idea of you are wrangling the beast of the financials of your studio because there's no other way to, to be successful and sustainable. Exactly. A lot of small business owners struggle with the money side and you know you didn't start your business because you love accounting <laughs> you know you're you were probably a dance teacher you love working with kids you love creating choreography so we want to take this opportunity to share this tool that we have found or that I have found that can help make managing your cash flow more clear I love the book profit first by Mike McCallowitz It's really well written and it teaches business owners how to transform any business from a cash eating monster to a money making machine. I love the sound of that. Yeah, that's his tagline. I love it. Um, I highly recommend the audiobook because I have a hard time sitting down to focus on a book. But if you do get the audiobook, be sure to download the PDF so that you have the visual aid. Okay. Profit First focuses on a cash flow management system that ensures you'll take a profit and get paid no matter how small your income might be. All right. Haven't you heard studio owners saying, there's no way I can take any profit from my studio because I'm just not making that much money. Yeah. So with this concept, you're going to be taking a, a, a... Profit may be small, right? but you're getting into a routine of taking your profit first and then you know, putting it aside, don't touch it, put it in the right place, and over time as your business grows, that will grow as well. Okay, love that. Okay, let's go. Putting profit first. So what is profit? Okay, if you check any business textbook, you're gonna find that that they'll tell you that profit is whatever is left over after you subtract your expenses from your revenue. In other words, sales minus expenses equals profit. Got it. Well, while it makes sense to cover your expenses first, there's no guarantee that you're going to make a profit with this formula. Right, because sales minus expenses could very well equal zero or even a negative number. Right. Yeah. And that's the the trap that we've all kind of fallen into, for sure. So the profit first formula is different. It flips the equation, giving profit the focus it deserves. So the new equation is sales minus profit equals expenses. Okay, what? This is groundbreaking. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. All right. Sales, the money that you bring in at the beginning of the month, Mm -hmm. minus your profit, you put that aside first, Uh and then whatever is left over, you have for your expenses. Okay. So if there's not enough money for all your expenses, you're going to adjust your expenses, not your profit. You're not going to adjust your profit. Right. Oh, I love that. That's just radical. Yeah, it completely shifts the way that you think about your cash flow. Right. So I've been in business for 28 years. Imagine if I had come across this concept 28 years ago. You'd be a kajillionaire, right? I know. (laughs) Imagine if I just put away a little slice every month for 28 years. Yeah, and maybe when you start out, that slice that you put away is like 50 bucks. Yeah. You know? Could be. But if you prioritize that 50 bucks and tell yourself, I'm not touching this, mm-hmm. 
then it's going to be there. Right. Yeah. Oh exactly. my God, I love that. Okay. I know. So what Mike is trying to highlight for you is more psychological than anything. You have to approach your business thinking profit first, not profit last. Got it. Got it. Okay. So the goal of the profit first formula is to develop a system for building your business in a sustainable way that creates long-term success. First, you account for your profit, taxes, your own pay, and then what's left over is what the company has to spend on everything else. So, so I'm gonna, say those again. I'm going to say that one more time because <clears throat> it's super important. First, you're going to account for your profit, your taxes, which you can't avoid, and your own pay, which is very important. Yep. And then what's left over is what the company has to spend on everything else. Including payroll and rent and utilities. And insurance. And insurance, and everything. Everything. Okay. We usually think of expenses, rent, insurance, marketing, teacher salaries, utilities as unavoidable when they actually can often be eliminated, avoided, or delayed. And I'm not talking about paying your bills late and being delinquent. I'm talking about um, paying them in a way where you are able to continue to put your profit first and you know have payments or, or whatever, but we'll talk more about that later. When you discipline yourself to set aside a percentage of revenue for profit and only spend what's left to cover your expenses, you're forcing yourself to spend more wisely. All right? So doing that can be uncomfortable, of course. It might even mean that you have to delay some of your spending on growth in the short term, even when you want to keep pushing forward. But it also means that when you do encounter a great opportunity to grow your revenue and profits, you'll have the resources to invest in it without endangering your business. I love that. So like if that, if that dream space opens up that you've been looking for, you will have been saving some profit yeah. all along and you'll have the resources you need and then maybe you don't have to take out a loan or you can take out a smaller loan for exactly. the build out. And then of course, you know, if you don't have to take out a loan, then you're actually getting your new space for less money overall because right. you're not paying you're not interest. interest. Oh, yes. That's wonderful. If you put every spare dollar back into your business, you might think you're planting seeds for growth, but you're actually putting yourself at risk for a future crisis because you don't have a cushion. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about how we're going to put the profit first formula to work in our dance studios. The first thing that we need to do is we need to create smaller spending buckets. The first step is to get more granular with how we allocate our cash by creating smaller spending buckets. To make this easier, you're going to need to set up bank accounts based on the core functions of your business. So get ready because <laughs> this part seems a little crazy at write, first. Write this down. Pull the car over and get out your notebook. <laughs> yeah, this is the point at which you want to make sure you have pen and paper or at least um, be prepared to listen again later. Yeah. So you're going to have to go to the bank and open up several additional accounts. And will the bankers look at you like you're nuts? A little bit, yeah. Yeah? Did that but, happen when you did yeah, this? Yeah, but you just embrace it and you giggle it. And you, you start off by saying, look, I know this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but... But I need to open 17 accounts. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe so, not 17. Maybe not 17. It, first of all, it depends if you... Maybe you already have some accounts, um, you know, already at the same bank. It's important that they're at the same bank. So, so you that, can move money easier. Easily. Okay. And... Because, you know, if you already have your personal and your business checking accounts at the same bank, then you're off to a great start. Mm -hmm. If you don't like your bank, now is the time to start fresh somewhere else. Absolutely. 
And I don't know about all banks, but I use a credit union and each checking account has two to three savings accounts under it. Oh, wow. And that really comes in handy too because not all of your accounts need to be checking. Some of them can be savings. So we're going to talk through this. So just try to stay with me. These are the main accounts that you will need for profit first. The first account, I'm going to name them all, and then we're going to go and kind of break it up. Okay. Or go dive deep into each one. Your income revenue account is the first one. That's where all your money is going to come in. Then you're going to have your profit account, your owner's pay account, your payroll account, your tax account, and your operating expenses account. So is that five? What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six six accounts. (laughs) Now, sometimes um, you might put payroll in your operating expenses, but I like to separate them out. And I I just find it easier to know that, you know, I need this much money for payroll and it's safe. Mm -hmm. And all my people are going to get paid and nothing is going to bounce. Right. And then I know over here I've got, I, I just like it in smaller buckets. You might find that it works better for you to combine those two, and that's certainly your choice. So um, you are going to go to the bank. You're going to open a few new accounts. Hopefully, you know, you've got your business and personal checking accounts already at the same bank. But before you go to the bank, you want to map it out on paper so you know exactly what your plan is. Your current business checking account is likely already attached to your auto pay, right? Because right. we already have auto pay set up in all of our studios. Right, right ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wouldn't mess with that because that could get, you know, that's just another step to have to call your um, software, your yeah, DSP re- or your dance or studio. Or your studio director yeah. or whatever it is. So, so keep that one. Keep the checking accounts you already have. Keep may, may, Make that one your income correct. account. Okay, got correct. it. Correct. So the idea is that this is kind of like a holding tank for income to come in. The only time you're gonna take money from here is on disbursement days, which we're gonna talk about. So imagine the income account is at the top of the the pipeline, so to speak, or or the top of the funnel. And so all your auto pay or checks that you allow people to write to you, um, are, is going to come into this income account and it's going to s- just sit there for a day or two. Okay. Um, under my income checking account, I have a savings account called reserves and that's where I accumulate a little cushion for a rainy day or the slow summer months. And then the other savings account I have under income is called profit. Okay. So I have a checking account called income. I have a savings account under there called reserves. And that's that's a and then I also have a savings account under there called profit. Um, and those are actual savings accounts, so those are earning interest. Yes, yeah, small amount. I mean, small amount of interest, yeah. but you are earning some interest right. there. But okay. if if you get your if your profit account gets as it gets big, you're going to move the money out of that profit account and maybe invest it. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a holding tank, right? Until it 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 gets a little bit bigger. I would uh, consider renaming your personal account owner's pay if you want, or you can leave it what it is. You know, some people might call it household checking or I don't know. What do you call your personal account? My personal account. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I call it. My personal account. Right. So you can certainly call it whatever you want. Just know that that's where your owner's pay is going to go. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, my personal savings accounts that are under my owner's pay account are reserves for my household. And I have another savings account called Stupid Mistakes. <laughs> and that's... Is that for when you get a speeding ticket? Speeding ticket. <laughs> or, um, I don't know, you back your car into your other car. Oh, Lord. <laughs> or something like that, that you're just like, Argh! and you don't want to mess up your budget, so you've got a little bit of a... Um, a slush there. The good thing about that is if it gets too big and you haven't been stupid, you get to give yourself a bonus. I love that. Yeah, or you get to go get a massage or something. Mm, congrats, you're not stupid. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, so you're going to need two more checking accounts and they're going to be called payroll and operating expenses. So under operating expenses, I have two savings accounts. One is called costumes and one is called building improvements. So obviously costumes is for... Is for costumes? Right, it wow. is. You're so clever. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the traps that studio owners sometimes fall into is people pay for their costumes and then that money goes into the general um, operating expenses fund. And then and it winds up getting spent on something else. Oops, I used it to pay the gas and electric bill. Oops, now I don't have money to buy costumes. So I have to put it on my credit card, but right. I don't have the money to pay to it pay off. The credit card so bill. now I'm paying interest on the credit card. Right. So you can see that it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's a losing cycle because the money is going out of your account right. instead of you earning the money, the interest, or the, you know, the perks. So the other savings account I have under operating expenses is called building improvements. Now we own our building, and so if we want to resurface the the parking lot or I don't know, paint or whatever, we buy a new sofa. Yeah. yeah. So even if you're you are renting, it might be something that you want to have a little account for. If not, you can name these accounts whatever you want and customize it to your business. The next and last checking account that we're going to have is payroll. And under payroll, I have an, a savings account called bonuses, scholarships, and gifts. And this is so much fun. I just put a couple hundred dollars in there every month. And then when it comes recital time and I want to give bonuses, or um, if I have a, a student that I feel is worthy of a scholarship, I, it's, it's amazing how quickly this, this fund um, accumulates. It's also fun to just maybe go buy a whole bunch of, I don't know, Starbucks gift cards and just give them out to your people. Like, oh, I see you doing something awesome. Mm. Guess what? Here's a Starbucks gift card just to make you smile. Yeah. Um, And to know that you have that money put aside and it's not coming out of your operational Mm -hmm. expenses, um, I just find that that's really a fun account. Because it's fun to give things away. <laughs> um, and then I, in the other savings account under payroll, I call that, uh, I, I store my tax money. For your employment taxes? My, yeah. Okay. Um, not my employment taxes because that comes out of my payroll money. Because oh. when payroll pulls all the money, they take that. They take the taxes as well. But okay. it's for like my quarterly taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. So... In addition, you might want a few other savings accounts. It really depends on your business and the goals that you want to achieve. But most businesses can get started with these accounts and build out from there. Um, Some other accounts you might add later once you get the gist of it is holding accounts for competition fees, trips, 
So if parents are give, giving you checks for competition, again, just like costumes, you right. don't you want, want a separate account for that, so right. that money is safe. Right, and you might choose for that to be a checking account, or you might be fine with having it as a savings account under operating expenses, and then when you need to make the payment, you just transfer it from comp fees into operating expenses, which is a checking account, and then write and then write the pay check the, immediately. Make the payment app. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. So that's why I tried to think out which savings accounts should go under which, which checking. checking. Okay, right? that makes sense. Because like bonuses, scholarships, and gifts, that's like most closely linked to payroll. Right. Because so it's, it's my people. It's your people. And then taxes, I just don't want that to easily be put into operational expenses mm-hmm. to pay the phone bill. I just, right. I want it to be kind of further away. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it seems like a lot, but it's actually easier to manage your money when it's quarantined in these small buckets. And I imagine it's easier to look at your money and understand what you actually have because you can log into your bank account you log into your bank online and see how much money is in each account but then just look straight at your profit and say i've got that much profit so i'm good yeah well like imagine you know the first week of the month all your auto pay comes in right and say you've got tens of thousands of dollars in your checking account we're human we look at that and we say, ooh, ooh <laughs> I can buy a new Marley. <gasps> but can you? But can you really? Because you didn't account for the fact that, you know, 10000 is for payroll. Right. And you've got to put your taxes away. So once right. you seg- separate everything and you see, um, you know, what do I have in building improvements? Well, that's how much money I have to spend on Marley. I can only put five hundred a month over there. So you know how much I have for a Marley? I have a thousand thousand dollars, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you and you can also plan and you can say, all right, at this rate, I might be able to buy a new Marley in X number of months. I love that. Yeah. So it really does kind of make things easier for me, hopefully for you as well. Okay, so that's the basic gist of how to set up your accounts. The next part gets a little more technical. And who oh boy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one's tough. So, this is when we're going to determine our caps and our taps. Say what, yeah, tap shoes, not tap shoes, <laughs> not like that. Beer taps, no, not that either. <laughs> so, your caps, C A P S, stands for your current allocation percentages. And what that number does is it shows where your real revenue or your income is being spent right now. What your business is buying day to day in its current format. So basically what you're gonna do to start, it's basically how much are you spending now on payroll? How much are you spending now on rent, insurance, Mm -hmm. um, putting aside for bonuses? And so your caps, Sorry, your caps you f- you figure out before you create these bank accounts? Well, you can create the bank accounts, but before you fund the bank accounts, okay. you want to figure out what you're currently allocating, what percentage of your income you're currently allocating for each of these categories, if you will. Okay. So the best way to do that is to run a report. Hopefully mm-hmm. you are keeping track of your spending and run a report from last year. Mm-hmm. And if you can say, oh, well, historically, my payroll expense is $10,000 a month, and say your um, monthly 
income is around $50,000 a month, then you know what percentage of your income needs to be put aside for payroll. Right. Okay? And logically, as your in as your revenue goes up, so will your payroll probably. Right. Right. And you can always tweak this, mm-hmm. but learning where what your caps are, your current allocation percentages will give you a starting point. Right. Okay? So that's not necessarily what we're going to allocate, but it's it gives us a starting point because you might be saying, "Well, I don't even know where to start." So this is where to start. Well, and it's and this is probably good information for us as business owners to know anyway, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll bet if our listeners were asked right now, what are, what percentage of your revenue are you spending on payroll or on rent or on utilities or on taxes or whatever? I mean, I know I couldn't tell you that information right off the top of my head, but if you sit down and run reports and figure mm-hmm. out what your caps are, mm-hmm. then you have a better idea of what your business is doing with all of your money. And after this, after you implement this, you will be able to tell me right. off, off the cuff. You know, this is what percentage I need for payroll. It's just getting like friendly with your own money. Yes, you should know. <laughs> you should be friendly you with your own money. You don't need to necessarily know what your current allocation percentage is for rent because that will get lumped in with all of your other operational expenses. Mm, okay. So I like, so it's not like you're going to have a hundred different percentages. You're gotcha. going to have six or five. Okay. Okay. So now the next thing is your taps. And that's the target allocation percentage. So that's where you want to be. So the 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 journey will be to we're if we're starting with our current allocation percentages and we want to ultimately be at the target allocation percentages. How are we going to tweak the numbers and tweak our budget to get there? So how do you decide what your targets are? So the. Uh, in the book, and if you're doing the audiobook, you sh- certainly want to um, download this PDF. He gives you, and he'll go into a lot of depth. We're not going to go in too deep right now in this podcast about how to do this, but I really recommend that you listen to Mike go into it. <laughs> um, but basically, in a nutshell, um, you're not going to hit these numbers overnight um, or even this year in some cases, but you, can, you can't work towards them until you know what they are. It's important to note that depending on the size and nature of your business, some of the numbers might deviate significantly from those outlined in the book. Um, But here's a table outlining the various revenue dependent scenarios. And what you can see is that higher revenue often increases profitability and operating expenses, but the owner's pay for some businesses will go down as the income increases. So for example, if your business brings in zero to $250,000 a year, your profit may, your allocation for profit may be 5% and your owner's pay may be 50%. But if you have a $50 million company, your profit may be 20% and your owner's pay would be much less. You're not going to take you know, 50% of $50 million. (laughs) (laughs) That would be ridiculous. Well, that would be fun. Some people do that. (laughs) Right. But, you know, your operating expenses would probably be higher because now you're going to have some corporate building or something. Right. Or tons and tons of of, um, retail. Sure. uh, You know, inventory. 
as your business grows, your expenses do go up. Right. Right. So this is the hardest part of the pro- process is to figure out um, how to allocate your money. What So, Robin, can we share this um, this chart in the DSO Connect community group? Yes. All right. We'll awesome. Mm-hmm. And again, read the get the book. I mean, <laughs> Mike deserves all the credit for this. I'm simply, you know, sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel <laughs> and also trying to. Um, talk to you in dance studio terms right so um, what I did when I was trying to figure this out was I started with actual numbers so I knew that I needed $12,000 a month for my payroll so I had to figure out what percentage of my income is that Mm -hmm. and then I kind of worked from there and what ends up happening is and this is important this is kind of key what ends up happening is there's not enough money so where are you going to tweak if there's not enough money to fund all of these accounts you don't want to tweak your profit well maybe you're going to start off with a lower profit and increase it later but you're not going to ever take your profit down to zero no and you're not going to take your owner's pay down to zero because right because what it really what is the point of us doing this exactly we're not supporting ourselves we can't really mess with the tax percentage because that's not our our decision but where we can find a little bit of wiggle room or the most wiggle room is in operating expenses so if you find that there's not enough money to fund all these buckets like building you know improvements and I don't know rainy day fund and reserves and all this then you need to take a good look at your operating expenses and we did do a podcast a couple weeks ago um, about how to find more profit in your day-to-day operations. Yeah. So you need, what I love about this system is that it puts the emphasis on reducing your operating expenses. So if you find that money is tight, where are you going to find it? You're going to call your cable company and you're going to squeak $15 a month out of that bill. Or you're going to um, not take your staff out for a business lunch you're gonna make um a A crock pot full of chili (laughs) yeah and invite them to your dining room table exactly yeah so we're really focusing on that operating expense account and how can we ring that out you can also ring out your payroll a little bit maybe if you find that you've got some fluff in there like do you really need an assistant in in that in every single class five kids do you really need a front desk person in the last hour of classes when it's maybe just adult dancers and your advanced teens Mm -hmm. and parents never come in during that time to ask silly questions you know there's not a whole lot to do and your teachers can lock up so what you're doing here in the big picture is you are um, lowering your expenses and wringing out all that fat and then you're also making sure that you've got money put aside to pay Uncle Sam to pay yourself to build some profit and you know you're not spending the costume money where it's not supposed to be spent you're not spending the competition fees in the wrong space um, you know so really it's brilliant it just takes a little bit of getting used to so the next step is actually transferring our money and um, dis- I call it disbursement so you want to establish a rhythm for transferring the funds that are accumulating in your income account to your other accounts how often should this happen it's completely up to you but most of the time um, twice a month 
seems to be a good rhythm that's outlined in the in the book it's not necessary at first you might find that you're doing it every week um, but once you establish your rhythm you really want to stick to it and once you get your percentages right you won't you'll find that the money is is lasting so let me break that down so let's say you push the auto pay button on the first of the month and by the third of the month you've got fifty thousand dollars in your account amen yeah that's a beautiful day so what you're going to do is you're going to um use your you're going to go and log into your bank account and you've got the ability to transfer and you you probably are going to have some notes on paper maybe you're going to make a i actually made a chart that i can share as well and um you're going to do the math so you know maybe one month it's fifty thousand in there and the next month maybe it's a little a little lighter and maybe some months are a little heavier regardless of the exact amount you're going to disperse according to percentages okay and you're going to disperse all the money now there might be you might have to do some math like you know that five thousand of that money is costumes Mm-hmm. So off the top, you have to put that in your costume account before you do your percentages. And again, read the book because he really goes into a lot of detail on how to do this. I mean, it's or chapped. or might you do it differently in different months? Like I, for example, char- I I I charge my families their performance fee, mm-hmm. which includes costumes in November. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do, I would do that disbursement differently for November because I'm taking in a lot more money right. and just cut those performance fees off the top and put it straight into costumes. Right. Okay. You need you need to make sure that if you collected costume money that, that all that money goes in costumes. Got it. Um, but I, what I would do is I would put all the money in costumes and then after costume season is over and everything is said and done, your costume profit, how brilliant is this? Your costume profit is sitting right there. Oh my God. Have you ever had your accountant say, oh yeah, you made uh, $6,000 on costumes. And you're like, oh really? Give it to me. And he's yeah. like, oh no, you already spent it. Right. No, no, no. Not with this. <laughs> because the costume profit, all of a sudden you open your account and you're like, oh, all the costume bills are paid. I paid the credit card. I got the perks. Right. And look, there's $6,000 left in my costume account. That's pure profit. So what you can do then is you can either keep it in there because maybe you want to buy costumes that you're going to keep for your studio, mm-hmm. for your Nutcracker or something. Maybe that's what you want to do with it. Or maybe you want to you know, share it with your, your team and you're going to put some of it in your bonuses account. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to get that Marley dance floor, so you're going to transfer it into building improvements. But now you have the a real easy way to look and see boom yeah. that's all profit yeah holy shit and you can easily also say you know why is this profit down this year right. oh we should have raised our prices because the costume companies did and we didn't right or whatever but i think it's a really nice way to look at the whole dance studio um, money situation so you're you're going to use your profit first accounts to pay your bills the key is to ensure that each account is only used for its designated purpose So your profit account will accumulate a very small amount off the top that can be used for debt reduction, emergencies, and for you to receive a bonus for all your hard work. The profit first formula is about generating profit, so this account has to come first. You can even, I mean, hopefully you don't have a lot of debt, 
and um, you know you can certainly use your profit account for emergencies or you could make your um, an emergency account once you get rolling and just think of your I like to think of my profit account as I'm not touching it until I retire Ooh. or I'm reinvesting it in the stock market or something like that mm. or maybe I would reinvest it in real estate or something that would um, really multiply the money as right. opposed so an emergency eh, maybe if it was a really dire emergency right like but, your roof caved in right <laughs> right so but uh, honestly you can you can make those decisions for yourself but I try to really set, um, protect that account as much as I can right you don't really touch it yeah owners pay this account is used to pay your after-tax salary or wage you're going to fight the temptation to reinvest this into your business because it's your salary and you need to get paid. You need to need to need to need to. <clears throat> and this is going to this is going to pay for your personal life. So you're not going to have to use your business money to, I don't know, pay for your Starbucks or or pay your car payment. Right. You want to really keep your money separate, personal and business. So make sure you're paying yourself enough money so that you can afford to pay all your personal bills with your, your the money that you earn from your business. Um, your tax account, you're gonna use this account to meet all your tax obligations. Mm -hmm. And this is super, super important. Nobody wants to mess with Uncle Sam. So don't, do not joke around with this account. This is, it's not even your money. Right. So right off the top, it goes into this account and maybe you even want to get creative and name it something like do not touch or, <laughs> um, you know, hands danger. off. Yeah, hands <laughs> off, danger, danger. I don't know, whatever you want. But just it's not your money. It's not your money to borrow. And right. if you take from it, you're, you're actually stealing. And then operating expenses. This is all the money your business has available for operating expenses. That's it. So if you only have $10,000 to get for the month for your operating expenses, you need to figure out how you're going to pay your rent or your mortgage, your insurance, um, the toner, the studio supplies. And now if it's not enough, now you're going to sit down and you're going to buy cheaper toilet paper and mm -hmm. you're going to turn the lights off more and you're going to, you know, like we said, squeeze every, every dime out of that. So this is the fun part we get to review how the process is working at the end of each quarter. So at the end of each quarter, the system is gonna be reviewed and adjusted and tweaked as needed. The profit first mindset shift is gonna challenge you to reevaluate every element of your business model as well as your personal financial situation. And as your situation changes, so, will all, so too will your need for cash and your account transfers should reflect these changes. So every quarter you're gonna sit down and you're gonna look at things and make tweaks and this and that. And the cool thing is you can also um, give yourself a bonus. So, and he encourages you to pay yourself a bonus every quarter. I love it. Not every month. And he's yeah. very clear about this. He's like, don't just get take your bonus every month. Save it up so that you can have a nice little chunk at the end of each quarter, a chunk that's significant enough that you're actually patting yourself on the back yeah. and motivated to um, continue to do this. Right. He also talks about don't use your bonus to pay bills. Mm. 
Go on vacation with your family. Put it in your savings account or invest it or yeah, something. Yeah, do something that's special with your with your bonus and just because it's your reward for doing this. And, and it's not your profit. You're not taking your profit. Your profit's still there. Yeah. I love that. Yes. And you can adjust this as needed to suit your individual needs. But I just really think that this was life-changing for me. Wow. Yeah. I Honestly, Robin, I wish I had learned about this like four years ago. Me too. Or 20 years Or 20 ago. years ago. I know. Yeah. Just think about it. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, you can run, so I, I don't know what you use, but I use QuickBooks to keep track of my expenses. And you can run all the reports you want and look at those numbers there, but it's different to see it on paper versus to see it in your actual accounts. Yeah. And once you see it in the QuickBooks report, it's already been spent. Right. And exactly. it's too late. And that's sad. And that is sad. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time, you know, when I was a very young business owner, I had, um, you know, I guess it was my dad was doing my taxes at the time. And he said, well, for the first several years, I lost money. So the first right. time I actually made money, he said, good news, Robin, you're going to owe the IRS. You're going to have to pay taxes. And I was like, why is that good news? And he said, because you made, <laughs> you made money. Some money. And he told me how much. And it was probably like I made $10,000 or something. Right. And I was like, awesome. Where is it? And he's like, oh, you already spent it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So this takes that away. You just have to be, you have to live within your means. You have to be patient. You have to be consistent. And you can't be erratic. and spot. You cannot spend impulsively. Right. You have to follow the right. system. So is this something that you implemented on your own or did you have help from your accountant or, or, or a bookkeeper to figure all this out? How did you do it? Um, I listened to the book. I actually listened to it twice because mm-hmm. the first time it was just so much. I, I listened to it and then I implemented all, I made up all the accounts and, but I didn't really grasp the whole caps and taps percentage so I listened to it again. And then I'm so it takes me a while sometimes for things to really sink in sure. to my own system. Yeah. And so I I listen to the podcast. I listen to I listen to the book several times, and I just keep tweaking it. And honestly, talking about it, um, you know, I talked about it with Trish over the summer, and I'm talking about it with you. And the more yeah. I talk about it, the more it makes sense to me. Sure. So, oh, one thing I forgot to say is. Um, Sometimes your money will come in throughout the month. Mm -hmm. So we talked about how when the money comes in at the beginning of the month, you disperse it. Mm -hmm. But then you might want to wait until maybe the 15th or the 20th of the month, and you may have some more money that accumulated in this income holding tank, and then you can disperse that as well. Mm -hmm. And you want to use the same uh, percentages Percentages or whatever your rules are, you know? Whatever your rules are, just stick to it. And... um, the, the, at first, it's going to be hard because you're going to say, oh, my God, there's not enough money in some of these accounts. And you're going to want to steal from other accounts. Mm. You need That's the hard part. And he goes yeah. into depth on how to handle that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you, just generally speaking, do you put a little bit of extra buffer in each account so you don't wind up, like, overdrafting or something? Or is it pretty much safe with the percentages? Um, n- the percentages are a constant... Um, movable thing Mm -hmm. like I feel like your situation changes all the time and you know you might have you might have a payroll relief week you might have a a month where your payroll is a little lighter Mm -hmm. because it was Christmas sure so you know I love it when my 
payroll is light, but you know what I do? I always try to move uh, $10,000 each pay period into my payroll. And then when my HR person says, oh, payroll was only 6000 this month, Ooh. I just let that extra money accumulate in that account. Mm. So that if, um, if I do come up short the next month, there's something there's there. something there okay or if it starts to accumulate you can like we said move it to building improvements or move it to bonuses and gifts right right yep. okay yep. cool yeah wow this is so interesting yeah wow i would definitely um i want to send you all to learn more about profit first and to really go deep you can go to um Mike's website, and because Michalowicz is very hard to spell, <laughs> he has a website called MikeMotorbike.com, and um, he also has a podcast, but I just tried to look up the podcast, and I couldn't find it, oh. um, but it was there was a different um, podcast that he's doing now. The Profit First podcast, I couldn't find. It could be there. Maybe it's on a different platform other than Stitcher, but just search I mean, you can do a search. I'm sure he has Facebook and all and that. And it's probably on his website. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So that's what I got. And I hope that you guys are intrigued, and I hope that you will um, do more research, and um, I hope Mike sells some more books. Yeah, and and let's get a conversation going in the group. I would love to hear about if other dance studio owners are using this this system in their businesses and how it's working for them and maybe some tips and tricks. Yeah. Um, that they've found along the way. I love this. This is so fascinating. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, thank you, Robin, so much for sharing and for teaching me all about it. You're I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to maybe get this going. Yeah, and you can take it slow. Right. That's so cool. Think about it. Read the book. Will do. All right. Well, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at DSO Connect. Join our free Facebook community for studio owners, DSO Connect community. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast and rate and review and share with other folks in the dance industry. We want to help as many people as possible. All right. This was fun. Thanks so much, Robin. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.